0: Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast,
1: where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young because you're never too old to become younger.
0: My name is Christiana Eggy,
1: And my name is Sherry Marie Chu. In the health continuum, there's always
0: this pool between wellness and illness. While I don't think that there's any one person that can boast of being in a total state of wellness, most people do try to attain that goal of optimal wellness. Today, we are blessed to be joined by not one, but two wellness practitioners and fellow women founders and entrepreneurs. We all met at the ELA program, a program funded by the government of Canada to help bridge the gap between female and male entrepreneurs. The gap is horrendously large, but this is neither the place nor the time to discuss this. We are very proud to have been a part of the inaugural cohort.
1: That's right. So joining us today are the co-founders of Fractionelli glesman Integrative Medicine. Please allow me to introduce you to Noah Glesman-Kaufman and Dr. Elmira Fractionelli. Noah is a registered massage therapist, has a BA in humanities from Tel Aviv University, and a diploma in holistic health for complementary medicine. Noah has additional training in aromatherapy, Reiki, reflexology, and something I've never heard of Bach flower remedies. I'm so excited to learn more, Noah. Dr. Almira has almost 15 years of experience um, in clinical practice and empowers her patients to overcome their health concerns using natural medicine. Dr. Almira uses a variety of ways to treat her patients using IV vitamin therapy, which I've tried, and also has training in cosmetic acupuncture, bioidentical hormones, and Bowen therapy. Welcome, Noah and Dr. Elmira.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. This took a long time to get you here. So we're really, really excited to have both of you.
3: It's a package deal.
0: <laughs> so Sherry has shared your very impressive bios. However, I'm sure that there are certain things that you guys would like to add. So please take it away.
3: There is so many points to talk about. But uh, now when you're asking me how did they get to it, it takes me so many years back um, that I, I, you know, it's it, one day... I realized that I am stuffing my son with never-ending amounts of antibiotic because he has ear issues. And he was a baby, and I was a full-time working mom. And he was miserable because every week there was a new wave of pains. And, um, and, and it, I, I was frustrated. And I met a lady and she said to me, you know what, try lavender oil, take just pure lavender oil, rub it around his nose, make sure that his nose is dry and there is no any fluids that go directly to the ear, then everything will dry in his ear and forget from the infections. And I was, it's like somebody hit you, right? And I tried it, and there was no more antibiotic in our life. Wow! And then I realized that there is a different world to um, to apply in our everyday life and make things simple, close to nature, and 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 bring joy. Right. And this was my starting point with lavender, which I am identified with everywhere. <laughs> um, later on, I, I, this was the starting point, but later on I was engaged with uh, energetic work and I realized that I probably born with something that I'm not aware, aware of. Because when I was a student in, in elementary school, there was kids with ADHD. Well, at that time, 50 years ago, they didn't call it ADHD. They call it some other things, or they find a way to take these kids out of the, or out of the class. But the, there were some teachers that knew that if these kids will sit next to me, they're calm, just sitting next to me. And it was crazy because it was like the the kids that nobody wants to be next to because they are annoying. They cannot sit. They are they are bugging everybody. But when they were sitting next to me, we were using to sit two, we used to sit two people on the table. There was quiet. And it was two teachers that did it. But only later on, you know, when I was already adult and got engaged with this energetic world of treatments. I realized that wow, it was there always. So this is this is where it started, and it ended in uh, French and English integrative medicine. <laughs> oh, what a powerful story. <laughs> That's, <laughs> amazing. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So Mira and I uh, were working under the same roof in a different clinic. We were running our own practice, and we, um, we realized that our passion is to open, open a place where people can, buy, can come and basically get answers for all their illnesses, either uh, mental, physical, or emotional. And um, this is basically the foundation or the fundamental of, of uh, holistic health. That's amazing. And, oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, and we're friends. Besides that, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> that's even
0: more beautiful. <laughs> Partnership is a tough not to crack, and especially for women, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yourself and Dr. Francinelli, you know, having this really wonderful wellness facility is just amazing. So, Doc, what's your story? (laughs) Oh, goodness.
2: Why don't we stick to Noah's story for tonight?
0: (laughs) Sherry and I have had a number of discussions, you know, with each other, and also with guests on this show about gut health, you know, stress management, nutrition, and um, the obesity, everything about health and wellness. And so we know that you are experts in this area and we are really excited for you to share with us some of the overall health strategies that we can apply to our daily living so anyone can take it, please.
1: Well, yes, because, I mean, let's start with something really simple like water, Christiana. Okay. And it's very apropos for this time of year, right? It's it's warm outside and sometimes we forget about drinking adequate amount of water. So maybe you guys can start by telling us what are the benefits of adequate water intake and then maybe like how do we know that we're drinking enough?
2: All right. So this is a great topic to start with. Um, a lot of, a lot of people come into the clinic overwhelmed because the umbrella of wellness is so vast, right? So when someone wants to, um, make, you know, little, take little baby steps to, to achieve optimal wellness, the one thing that Noah and I agree on and share with our patients is start with water. Something simple. Start with water. If you just drink, the correct amount of water for your body, you will feel very different, okay? Um, So one of the main reasons we uh, emphasize this is because in order to have effective bowel movements (laughs) and in order for our detoxification pathways to work properly, we need to be hydrated, okay? So if we are not... um, defecating daily, which believe it or not, many people are not. Um, so most people don't realize that they should be pooping daily. Um, and, and this is a big issue. So this is one thing that we teach everyone and water really, really helps with that. Okay. So usually even if people drink enough water, they start having more regular bowel movements. Okay. And when digestion is improved, the our our body just feels better okay now obviously there's i mean a- at least 10 other things i can think of that benefit from water but this is the one point that we emphasize with our patients okay but obviously skin health you know we need water for our skin to be healthy right we need water to lubricate our joints so our joints and muscles are healthy like there's so many other reasons we need water in order for kidney function Right. And our kidneys to be in proper health. So there's a lot of other reasons why we need water. But our main main our main reason for emphasizing water is is pooping.
1: <laughs> and I think I think that's amazing because it's so simple, right, Christiana? And I think mm-hmm. too um a lot of the people like we started the podcast because we we're talking about being forever young and staying healthy. As we age, and you know, as people age, they sometimes have start to have trouble with their poops. Yeah. Right? Well,
2: naturally, the body slows down mm-hmm. as we age. Uh-uh. So definitely water uh, plays a role with anti-aging for sure. The other thing
0: is, as we age, the urge to drink water diminishes.
3: So yes.
0: how do you encourage your patients that are older to remember to drink and drink enough? Put an app on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's an interesting app. I've been looking for that particular <sighs> app. I because I I think I need it too. Because sometimes I'm working and I forget to drink. I I tend to drink most of my water at night, which is unfortunate because I'm like. <laughs> then I you get up. <laughs> yeah, I ha- oh yeah, I get up and thank God I can go back to sleep. But I have to drink this amount of water and you know gulping down what say. Almost steady is like you know of my water at night is like, mm. but I, water
3: I, is not water is not tasty, basically, so yeah. it, it's like it tasteless, so lots of time, I suggest to patients, and I do it myself i I put some I put something in the water, I put um mint leaves, I put lemon, lots of lemon, it's amazing, sometimes blueberry. So it looks nice, and it changed the taste of the water. Not dramatically, but it doesn't taste like water anymore. Mm-hmm. So it encourages you to drink more. And from my experience with water, one of the things that I am telling uh, my patient, when you're not drinking water, your body translated to alert that there is a situation that water won't come in. So the body start getting stressed about water and consume whatever you have in the body. If you drink water, the body says, Hmm, is drinking water. I am getting something from outside source. I'll make sign that I want more. So if you drink lots of water, you will realize that you want to drink more it becomes something that you feel comfortable when you don't drink. You're not thirsty. You feel, you feel that you crush when you didn't bring enough water in, but you don't really feel this thirstiness. So most of the people that I'll speak with, they will feel thirsty when they eat something salty, spicy. This is when thirsty is coming to the discussion, but if they don't drink enough, they they function till they crash.
1: I've also heard that um, people say that when you are thirsty, you're already dehydrated. It's already too late. You should have been drinking.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. That's right. So really, what you should do is take your body weight, divide it by two, and that's how many ounces of water you should be drinking a day. hmm and on a day when it's 40 degrees outside, you should be drinking a little bit more than that. Yeah. Right? So wow. most people do not drink enough water. No. So we have, to, we have to make a little bit of effort to do so. But it makes a big difference when we do, in terms of how we feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like okay. what Noah said, for people that don't like drinking plain water, for some people that's cold water, warm water, you know, and so forth. I think just... You know, spiking it with um, berries or mint and stuff really helps. The one thing that I don't tend to agree with is when people are buying those sweeteners or or those things to add Mm -hmm. to water that's giving them extra sugar, I often try to discourage people. You know, you don't want to add those sweets into your water because you're going to be putting on more weight. You know, try to get something that is more natural because I think, You know, some people just grow up with so much juice that they don't even, you know, want to drink plain water. So I think the earlier we start our children with water, the better, right? So they can get, it's an acquired taste for some people.
1: Definitely.
2: Definitely. Well,
1: Christiana and I have also talked a lot about diet, balanced diets, the importance of eating living foods and... (laughs) And salad. Um, Christiana and I have this great conversation all the time about eating greens, avocados and apples. Apples, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> and um,
0: olive oil. But you know what? You know, if you listen back to this podcast, what yeah. uh, Dr. Mira said the first time was people that want to take baby steps to uh, <laughs> getting optimal health. I know. Me, yeah. And another friend of ours don't think before she take baby steps, they think everyone should just eat gigantic bowls of salads and apple <laughs> and avocados and, because I, I, like I do, I, I've done wellness um, coaching and I know, and I put myself in that category because I was not always health conscious, even though I'm a nurse, right? So better knowledge doesn't mean better practice. So I know what it takes to get from point A to B. So I think people will do better if you give them chances. Like, look at what you said, just starting with water. You know, if that's your first prescription, who wouldn't do that? And somebody started drinking more water and all of a sudden they're feeling light. You know, they're using the washroom every day. I mean, they will come for more,
1: Right. Okay, so then this is step two. <laughs> All right, so you've got the water down. Let's talk about digestion. And I mean, pooping is part of digestion, mm-hmm. but let's talk about why that is so important. So why is digestion so integral to our health? And, and maybe you can teach us some ways to enhance our digestion.
2: all
3: right
2: (laughs) well um so you know the um the saying you are what you eat it really is true and we witness this every day in our practice so we see these transformations um when we um help people take those baby steps (laughs) in terms of eating healthier and making changes right so you know um, when we eat a balanced diet, obviously, we improve our gut health, we improve the el- elimination process, right? People become regular in terms of their bowel habits. Um, the other thing that happens is a lot of people don't know this, but there's a large percentage of our immune system that's actually in our gut. So, you know, studies vary, but you know, between 70 and 80% is what 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 is known. Okay. So if our gut is healthy, if we're eating well and, and our gut is working properly, then our immune system will be more balanced. Right. So we can say that eating well also helps us achieve a balanced immune system, which is very important during these unprecedented times. Okay. Um, definitely when we're eating better, I see this all the time. People sleep better and they have more energy, right? So it's a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. You're eating well, you sleep better, and then your energy increases. Um uh, another thing that, that we see all the time is that um moods are enhanced. So people um, are happier when they're eating better, right? So we know that certain foods, especially refined sugar. Um, suppresses the immune system, it um, increases sadness, right? So I don't want to get into the whole uh, discussion on the connection between neurotransmitters and the gut and the brain, because it'll get a little bit complicated. But there is a big connection between the gut and how we feel. Okay, so healthy eating is very important. And then of course, there's the obvious ones reduces the risk of cancer, heart disease, diabetes, right? So Very important. You are what you eat.
0: (laughs) Actually, I think I will even take it a step further that you are not just what you eat, but what you absorb. Because if your gut lining is already compromised and you're eating all these food, but you're not really absorbing them, then, you know, that's another facet. But what does eating healthy look like? Because when we talk about these things, people want to know, tell me what to eat. So what does that look like, please?
2: So you know arugula, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> arugula, avocado,
1: <laughs> and apples. Okay, Christiana, that's it. <laughs> Drink so, lots of water. You'll be so happy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is like a, a a joke. The arugula about me. I I'm I'm eating arugula every day. Really, a lot of arugula. Yeah. Wow. This is this is the base of my uh, menu. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I I won't jump in because this is Ramirez, uh This is uh, speciality.
2: So uh, you know, <laughs> diet is very individualized. So I'm sure you are all aware that there is a plethora of different. Um, dietary recommendations out there right so for example the latest trend is the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting right there's not like one shoe fits all so this is why we take the time to get to know our patients and to figure out what's best for them okay but one thing across the board is definitely that you need to increase your green leafy vegetables right increase whole grains. And include protein in your meals. So many people forget to do this. Okay, so a lot of a lot of people eat very uh, carbohydrate dense meals and the wrong carbohydrates. So that's a big problem. So if I can get my patients to, what I usually do is I draw a circle for them on a piece of paper, and I half of it. I draw like a line down half the circle. On the right side, that half signifies half of their plate and that half should be green leafy vegetables and then one quarter of their plate should be healthy carbs okay meaning whole grain so um, whole grain pasta rice um, your starchy vegetables like your your beets for example your potatoes your squash carrots um, and then the other quarter of the plate should be your protein Okay, So this is your meats, your poultry, your um, fish, your legumes, nuts and seeds. So this is usually something that I start off with. It's simple. People can visualize it. And it kind of starts people off to to learning how to eat healthy. And then we get more specific Mm -hmm. the next time we see them, once they've mastered that.
0: Wonderful. That
2: seems to be
1: pretty easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's very, very descriptive. And hopefully people can visualize that because it's always, what should I eat? What should I eat? So thank you for that answer. So uh-huh. Noah, do you want to add anything?
3: Sure, I think it was a very good example of what people really like. Most of the people, even the one that doesn't um, vocal it, people like to be in control of what they are doing. So it's much easier when they have a general rule and they will decide what goes into this half in every quarter and not going by list saying, okay, you have to take one, two, three, because this is part of the diet. So when you let people basically organize and control their life and food is a major component in their life, I think they can, the success is much easier. Um, I, you know, uh, the patients that I see will be the ones that will sometimes will talk about their diets and they will come in with all kinds of uh, pains and aches in their soft tissue and they won't understand why they feel this way because they're on an amazing diet they heard something they read something and they are basically killing their body the muscles doesn't get the right sources of energy and uh and then i get into the picture trying to ask questions what are you doing and why you are doing that um We have lots of uh, mutual patients, right? The ones that uh, will come for the more physical work with me and will uh, work with Elmira uh, on the um, illnesses or whatever they need to correct uh, on the medical uh, level. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I am back to the pooping. Uh, we didn't uh, mention, <laughs> this is a, an important topic. It is, um, Yeah, one of the things, uh, I, I believe that uh, constipation is one of the worst um, uh, conditions and people doesn't understand how big it is. Um, People that suffer from constipation basically hold waste in their body. And when I'm talking about people that will go to the washroom once a week, this waste is traveling in the body. They will suffer from joint issue, muscle cramps. Um, So I'm, I'm just mentioning it because if somebody listened to our discussion, it's not just what we eat. It's not just what we drink. It's to understand what the waste is doing to us. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to paint it in a very realistic colors. Yeah, it's like we are carrying a body and we are carrying the waste in. And people can picture whatever they want. And the most disgusting it is, will uh, bring them to the point that they will do something
1: with it. Yeah. I mean, it is it is scary. I know that in our family, we've had family members who have had issues with waste and in their body and not being able to be able to rid the waste. And it is very, very scary what can happen if your body is not functioning properly and eliminating waste. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think too, like, what's amazing is that we have the power to put in our bodies less waste. So when we talk about nutrition and what we're putting in our bodies and, you know, we joke all the time about avocados and salad. But (laughs) when you eat living things like you are not making room for bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And as much as I love ice cream, and, you know, Dr. Elmira, I mean, you may say that ice cream is bad for me because it's the refined sugar and everything. And it won't make me happy, but it does make me happy for a little
3: bit. That's <laughs> and This is very important.
0: Yeah. Well, Sherry. Yeah. She. She's very active. eats gigantic bowls of salads, and also, of course, have this uh, little happy of ice cream. But I do tell her it's okay as long as she uses it as a treat, right?
1: Right. I as long as I'm not eating it every day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 80, 20. If you are eating 20% bad and 80% good, I think you are on your way. That's a huge step for you,
3: right?
2: Yes. Well, but- the ultimate goal is everything in moderation, right? Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yes. So really. So some some of the other important um, points to discuss, I think, are, are, are simple points like don't rush through your meals. How many of us eat our meals in like five minutes, you know, in between the work day or? or just eat like you know the leftover scraps on the table <laughs> once the kids are finished like we, we we really should be eating in a relaxed atmosphere to optimize digestion okay um, the other thing is we should be eating every 2 to 3 hours so 5 to 6 small meals or snacks a day is 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 is, is important it's the best way to go okay and it's also Important to remember um to eat until you're 80% full. <laughs>
3: <We> <laughs> it takes time, time. It that takes time for the
2: message week? to go from the stomach to your brain that you're full. So we should eat until we're 80% full, take a break for 20 minutes, and then if we're still hungry have a second helping. <laughs> how do we know that it's 80%? Yeah, how do we know we're at 80%,
1: right?
2: Uh, I think most um, of
0: the time we know. <laughs> you know, when you're trying to force yourself to finish that food or oh, it's so good, you should stop. Exactly. Also, if if you're at that point and you drink water, you might actually fill up and you don't have to have that second helping. I think they usually would say drink water before you start
2: eating because that will also decrease the amount of food you
0: consume.
2: Well, interestingly enough, yes, I hear that a lot too, but I encourage patients not to drink water before eating. And the reason being is because it dilutes our natural digestive enzymes that, are, mm-hmm. uh, that our body is secreting uh, at, at the response of food and that our body needs in order to break down our food. So if we're drinking water to fill up, um, uh, while well, digestion is compromised, right? Because mm, our digestive true enzymes true. can't do what they're supposed to be doing effectively. So that so I, I actually, that.
1: Yes. sorry, Christiana, go ahead.
0: No, I say I agree with that completely because you need the digestive enzymes to digest your food. But if you dilute them, then they're not going to do a good job, right? <laughs> right. So, well, but, but for me though, I'm one person that can't eat without liquid like I can't eat without water or something to drink if I go to a restaurant and they serve anything I don't eat until I get a drink because I have to eat and drink some people can eat a whole meal without drinking but I can't I feel like I actually need it to help me swallow my food sometimes so
3: (laughs) it's a habit I think that this is something that we learn from a very young age mm-hmm. if we learn that we have water with our food this stuck forever yeah. if we don't get water with our food this is how we do it yeah i i was i, I taught to chew 23 times mm. before i swallow why 23 <laughs> 23 times i, and have I to can attest
2: that she does this <laughs>
3: <laughs> I oh eat my very goodness. slow <laughs> mira by the time i finish my meal mira can put two i have to pass just
0: like boom 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 done
3: <laughs> no, i like to never drinker. and never water next to me. i never never ever drink your Yeah,
1: i don't drink i don't drink with my meal either Uh, Because I've heard that, that it messes with your digestive enzymes. And so I've always gone like without drinking during a meal. And then I'll drink sometime later, like I'm drinking now. Like I didn't, I don't drink when I have um, dinner or lunch. But you know what? The only difference is coffee. Somehow I like to have coffee with breakfast.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think Um, again that is habitual.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I have
0: tea. tea. I'm not a coffee drinker. Every morning when I do eat something, I I have to have, you know. And if you talk to me in the morning, you're like, are you sleeping? I'm like, no, I'm wide awake. I haven't had my hot drink yet, you know. (laughs) So it's sort of losing. (laughs) Yeah, so. So do we want to
1: talk about exercise? I mean, we've talked about pooping and water.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we are in optimal optimal uh condition right well now so if if
1: people we get people drinking water and helping their digestion by eating well the next logical step would be exercise don't you think
3: (laughs) very important very important and even about exercise you know it's uh yeah, the research will show that exercise in the morning is the best and it will, um, it will balance the hormonal uh, levels in the body and people that are trying to lose weight will lose more weight if they're exercising in the morning. Um, my philosophy is different. I think that if people want to exercise, I will encourage it and I'll encourage them to do it whenever they can do it. So some people can do it in the morning. Some people can do it on the afternoon or evening. But what's important is that they will do it. So like like many other things, exercise will be personal. One person likes to run. The other one likes to do something more gentle. But the fact that they will apply it in their everyday life and everyday activity, not just to walk from the car into the office, um, make you change. You change. People feel better. Um, they are more energized. They are more clear-minded. They more focused. Um, their mood is better. Mm-hmm. So basically, exercise effect... All levels, mental, emotional, and physical, of course. Um, yeah, the ones that will come to see me after they decided that they are starting exercise and they start with 5K running and they cannot walk and they have pains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tell them, okay, I told you that it's not healthy to do sport, you know, I'm joking <laughs> with them. But yeah, it's uh, everything needs to be one step at a time. I won't say little step, but one step at a time. <laughs> Don't try to eat the whole cake at once. People decided they want to exercise. Okay, start with something and gradually go to uh, a more excessive activity. And whenever they want to do it, they should do it. If I'll tell somebody the best is in the morning, but they can't do in the morning, I discourage them. They won't do anything because the best is in the morning. I can't do it. So I won't do it. It doesn't make any difference if I'll do it other times. Right. Um, Well,
1: Christiana just dances all day long. That's amazing.
3: (laughs) That is amazing.
1: (laughs)
0: <laughs> with or without music that's
1: right with or without
0: music <laughs> my grandson is starting to do the same too <laughs> I took him for a walk and he was walking around the street he started dancing I'm like oh my goodness you know
3: <laughs>
2: that's so nice
3: kids are free right yeah you don't have anything that put them in frame they don't care what you think they do it from their heart
0: yeah. That's I awesome. would
3: like to be a kid again.
0: <laughs> Especially I live from the lockdowns too, right? <laughs>
1: That's right. Oh, And so I also teased Christiana about her sleeping habits. Now, she's getting better. She used to text me at midnight all the time, which then <laughs> I knew meant she was still up and working. And we know that we should have seven to nine hours of sleep, but like, let's talk about sleep.
0: See, last night when I sent you all that message at eleven thirty, I'm like, "Good
1: (laughs) night." I'm going to bed. (laughs) I don't believe that you went right to bed though. And I was, I was up, of course I was up, but I did not encourage her by responding in
0: that hour. I'm doing much better because I keep hearing your voice in my head, okay? So yes, I'm doing better, but sleep is so important. But I have this, it's just this bad habit and it's been for years. I like actually threatening to go to bed at eight or nine when my grandson goes to bed, (laughs) but then I was told that's too early. So before you know it, it's 11 and then 12 and 1, right? So, but I'm really, really trying not to go that late into the night any
2: longer. Wow. So definitely, you know, optimum sleep for adults is six to eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It would be wonderful for everyone to get eight hours sleep and feel good. But again, believe it or not, adequate sleep is individualized. So... You know, I'll have patients who will tell me, well, if I sleep eight hours, I feel horrible. I feel groggy in the morning. It's hard for me to get up. Um, I just don't feel good. But if I sleep, you know, six and a half hours, I feel fantastic. I have a lot of energy when I get up and I can't wait to start my day. So, you know, again, you know, what we do is very much individualized. So we work towards a common goal. So whether it's six, seven, or eight hours, that's okay if that's what works for you. What's important is that you're falling asleep well and you're sleeping through the night and you're going into a deep sleep, which is not happening for everyone. Mm -hmm. So this this is really the bigger problem. You know, I have uh, patients who take, you know, an hour and a half to two hours to fall asleep or patients who wake up every two hours, right? This is not good sleep. So during sleep, our body repairs itself. Our, our hormones balance. Um, sleep is very important for anti-aging. Uh, mm-hmm. Sleep is very important for um, uh, people who are trying to lose weight. If you're not sleeping well, it's it's much, much harder for the weight loss to come off. So, yes. The point there is that it's it's individualized. That's my point.
1: Okay. Well, and what, uh, about, what
2: about like... So
1: I'm not going to bug Christiana about her sleeping, but I'm going to say my mom has this thing where she stays up till like 2 a.m. And then she'll sleep till like 10, 10, 30, 11. And your mom is a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, it's OK because I'm getting eight hours. And I'm like, no, I don't think it's as good for you.
3: But if she will go to sleep earlier, she will still eat, She will still sleep eight hours. I don't know.
1: I'm not sure. But think- she's
3: always been like Christiana. She'll stay up late. Take her, take her watch, and make sure that you cannot see the clock. <laughs> oh. And tell and tell her at uh, ten or eleven go to sleep. You know, <laughs> if she sees the watch she sees that it's already midnight it's very quiet everybody is sleeping already she she's having the best time ever she can do whatever she wants she can read she can watch tv nobody nobody disturb her um yeah and then she's taking her time but she knows she knows what's the time yeah, I don't know. I think she's just
1: always been like a night owl and she just stays up late. And now that she's retired, she doesn't care what time she gets up at. Right. So she's like, I can stay up till two or three. You're right. She's a teenager, Christiana. She
3: lives life. She is like having the best time.
0: But isn't there this thing about your organs detoxify and rejuvenate between 11 and 2 a.m.?
2: That yes, you you're be right. That. Between 10 and 2 a.m. is when the hormones balance. That's right. Your organs repair itself. So really that we should be going to bed at 10. Wow. Well, <laughs> ideally, it, it's not happening for most people. And but. wake up earlier, you know. See,
0: back yeah. home, when I first came to this country, I think I used to go to bed at 9 the latest. What? I worked the evening shift as a nurse, it was hard for me because we slept early back home and woke up early. People were up by six, five, six, you know, you're already early to bed, early to rise, right? But then I had children and one of my sons, I'm not going to name names, would (laughs) wake up late at night and he thought it was morning and it was time to have fun and he'll be laughing I'm like oh my god I was like people tell you about the 2 a.m feeding and all that no one told me there was gonna be 2 a.m 3 a.m 4 (laughs) (laughs) a.m so I think that was when my whole system changed really and so now Just, I've been trying to study myself and wonder, why do I stay up so late? Why? You know, I I think what it does for me is I unwind at that time. Like you said, everyone is going to bed. You know, I'm either cooking, cleaning. I do cook late at night, which I've cut out now. It's like, I just have, it's a me time before I sleep. Yeah. So I think that's what it is for me.
1: Well, she's uh my mom's not like child rearing anymore or anything so uh all, all her day is her time so
2: I <laughs> find though, yes for sure I I find that the biggest obstacles to sleeping well is stress whether it be mental emotional or physical especially during you know during the these unprecedented times right now, mm-hmm. so there's a big connection between the the stress hormone, so the, mm-hmm. the the hormone we produce when we're stressed, which is called cortisol, and melatonin, which is a sleep hormone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So generally, we want um, cortisol to 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 mimic a curve that looks like a waterfall, right? So cortisol should be highest in the morning. And by the evening, it should come down, should come down the waterfall and just plateau. But for most of us, this is not happening, right? We get home in the evening, it's a rat race, we have to cook dinner, we have to get the kids settled, we have to do their homework, we have to finish some paperwork, right? It, It doesn't happen for a lot of people. And this is a problem because if cortisol doesn't come down and plateau in the evening, melatonin, which is our natural sleep hormone can't come back up. So melatonin has the opposite curve. So melatonin is low in the morning and highest at night. That's what we want. Like that's ideal. And for a lot of people, that's not happening. And this is why they can't fall asleep and stay asleep. So what can you
0: do to
2: balance that out? Um... Well, depends on the situation, right? But uh, yoga can help, right? Stretching before bed, meditation before bed, journaling before bed, anything that gets you to unwind, right? And 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 decreases your stress level. Some people like to exercise before bed, and it works for them. Some people cannot exercise before bed because that makes them. awake right awake right so generally we recommend things that are calming right it's like some of the things that we just mentioned um but it's it's important to get into a routine and to do that it's very important for the room to be to be dark right no lights coming into the room no electronics this Mm -hmm. is the biggest Mm -hmm. big problem in this day and age Mm -hmm. in the room right Because um, they inhibit melatonin from functioning properly.
0: We're overstimulated with all these gadgets
2: and stuff. Like That's right. So stress management is is key. You know, taking care of yourself, making time, right? Making time, me time is very important. Getting a massage, even (laughs) getting a yeah Manny. Um, no, getting a mani pedi. Whatever, whatever calms you down. Making time for yourself. How about that bowl of ice cream for sharing? Oh <laughs> goodness!
3: Only if she ate it in a room with no TV, you no know, yeah. like no clock. Okay, and no clock. Exactly. In, a, in a yoga
2: pose. <laughs> so that I'm stretching all <laughs> of the same time, right? Sure. <laughs> it takes some time to get into the habit uh, of putting some of these uh, recommendations into practice, but once you do, it makes a world of difference. And I also be-
1: really, I mean, one of the things that you just said was like a, a bedtime routine, right? Like, you know, when we were young, we had a bedtime routine, you mm-hmm. know, like, our parents did certain things with us every night before we went to bed and that became your routine and it helped calm you down. And, you know, hopefully most nights we went right to sleep. And so um, as we grow older, I think we've, we lose that a little bit because our lives are so crazy and they change. And Mm -hmm. you think about doing so many other things for other people, or you're trying to deal with whatever it is in your life that you forget to take those moments before bedtime to relax, to unwind, and get yourself ready for sleep. So maybe that's something that I can talk to my mom about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe
0: maybe she would give a, a bedtime routine, you know, yes. a, a
1: bedtime <laughs> story. <laughs> exactly. I will call her at 1030. And tell her to get ready this is for your bed. Your bedtime call,
0: or maybe just music. You know, give her soothing music. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah. you know what? I believe that um, there is there is a big uh, there is big big impact of how we are treating our bedroom.
2: Mm.
3: Okay, many people their bedroom is their office. So they have the computer there. They don't separate the work from their sleeping. Um, it's kind of the, if we will make it the, the castle of our um, um, wellness, basically. This is the place where I'm going to sleep and I'm recharged during the night. And this is how I respect it. This is how it will be. But when people just, they go to sleep because they need to sleep, they don't put the attention that they need to put. And it reminds me this, uh, um, when COVID started, I had my three adult kids in the house, and they were not there before. Mm -hmm. And the door in my bedroom became like a flipping door. They just came in when they wanted. They, 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 they. So, after I think a week or two, I made a sign, <laughs> and, I, and I was I was writing um, on the sign, uh, "Meeting slash meditation in process. Do not <laughs> enter." And it became a joke because every time I wanted to have. Peace and quiet. And to be with myself, I stick the note in the door. <laughs> and it has stains of coffee and a list of sushi at the back because they wanted me to order something, but I keep it. But they don't get into my room. Mm-hmm. Not them, not the dog, not TV, nothing. This is, the, this is my sanctuary place and when i go to sleep i put my head on the pillow and i sleep that so is good. Sleep so me yeah it's different for everyone but we we're making the setup yeah For me, when I actually
0: get myself to bed, I sleep. I don't have a problem, (laughs) but I fight that sleep. That is a problem. (laughs) I get second and third wins (laughs) in any evening. But like, I've really changed that. So, but does any one of you have advice for shift workers? Like the nurses and the doctors out there, not that they don't want to sleep, but because they have to do shift work, their sleep cycle is messed up. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions or advice?
2: So um, to be honest, when I have patients who are shift workers, I actually put them on melatonin okay. to regulate their sleep-wake mm-hmm. cycle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they can practice all of the recommendations that we just discussed, but in reality, shift workers get home, they eat a big meal, Right, because they're they're hungry and and if they're lucky, they go to bed. And some of them stay up for two to three hours to watch TV because they're full and they don't want to go to bed full. So it's it's very hard to regulate their sleep because to tell someone who just finished working, you know, twelve hours at four in the morning to uh, practice yoga <laughs> or meditate, it's not realistic, right? They're exhausted. So Generally, I do put them on a supplement. That's the easiest way to regulate their, mm-hmm. their sleep-wake cycles.
0: Wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. So yes. this has been such a wonderful evening of delightful <laughs> discussion. Thank you so much for coming. And we hope that you're going to join us again soon. But in the meantime, how do our listeners find you? Because I think I want to book my appointment as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> share with me, too.
3: That's right. In integrativemedicine.com. And we are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. And our phone number is always uh, available for uh, booking. It's nine oh five six six nine five 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 nine, and um, yeah, we would love to see everybody, and more than that, to to help people that are stuck with anything. I and think it so. was great.
1: I have lots of I have lots of thoughts that I'm going to bring to you and, sure. and people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But Absolutely. we will also make sure to tag you in our social media so that people know where to find you.
0: Yeah, that will be awesome. Thank you. Because we all need wellness care. We tend to wait for that sickness care, but it's so important to have wellness care, have a wellness plan. If you don't, you will end up with a sickness plan, which is not good to have, right? Prevent- so, you know, Prevention. It's better That's than right. you know, they always say, right? We're really happy that you are doing the work that you do. It's been really enlightening and uh, informative. Even though we've talked a lot about these uh, topics before, but you've brought with, with you a different take on yes. the whole thing. so we've learned a lot and we hope that our listeners have done the same. And so until the next time, I am Christiana Eggy.
1: And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Until then,
0: keep smiling because... You're never too old to become younger.
1: <laughs> the Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu. And it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.